Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today I'm speaking with a photographer, clothing designer, and brand owner who has taken their inspirations and passions and made a successful career. We talk about the importance of allyship inside and outside of our community and how when we champion each other, our community is stronger. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm so thrilled to welcome to the podcast, the incredible Pierre Monneville. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So thank you so much, Pierre, for being on Queer I Am, the podcast, season two. It's a real pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. And if you had to pick a song today to reflect your mood, what would your song be? This is a question we ask all the guests. Mm. Uh, oh, Comfortably Numb by Caesar Sisters. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, amazing. Any reason? I just think it's uplifting and Mm -hmm. camp. Yeah. (laughs) We love camp music. (laughs) Absolutely. It's funny, actually, because some people know instantly what they're going to say to me around the song they're going to choose. And then some people it takes ages to think of. So um, that's really great. That was in your mind. I have been 
on the first few episodes, actually, I started to give a, a song back, but I haven't really thought about that today. Although I have been listening to some musical theatre today. So, okay. um, yeah, I was listening to a few theatre songs. So um, I, I think it was, I listened to maybe this time and it was really like loads of strings and like an orchestra and it was really autumnal. It kind of, I don't know, it was maybe the season just maybe want yeah. to listen to that. But um, yeah, there you go. So where did you grow up and where do you call home now? So I grew up between Paris and Martinique. It's a French island, in one of the few French islands in the Caribbean, Okay, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Um, so I was born in Paris and then I grew up in Martinique between um, 6 and 15. Oh, amazing. And home is Brighton. Home is Brighton. Um, mm. After 15, did you come to Brighton or did you go back to Paris? Or? No, so uh, at 15 my parents left, so... Uh-huh. They took me with them. Okay. Uh, and then around 25, I moved from Paris to Berlin. Okay. Where I stayed for two years. And then from Berlin, I went back to the UK. I lived one year in Clapham. Uh-huh. And then I moved to Brighton. And then Okay. The rest it. is history. Mm. You know, so many people that I've spoken to that live here have said, yeah, I lived in Clapham. I don't know if it's a place where lots of queer people go and live, maybe. I, I don't know. But um, I've spoken to loads of people that have moved from Clapham, especially over the last couple of years after COVID and mm. just changing lifestyle and, you know, wanting to try something different, yeah. I guess, different pace of life. Um, so what is it about Brighton that kind of gets under your skin in a really positive way? What do you love about Brighton? Um it's full of freaks. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel right at home. Yeah. So the diversity and kind of yeah. just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, what I love about it, about here is that you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't bother people, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Yeah. So, I mean, a few weeks ago, I think there was this guy walking out of Greg's, you know, in, um, pyjamas and you had the, the robe on top you know Amazing. really you know, and yeah. nobody looked nobody no, no whereas you know if that was in France my god I mean in Paris well you wouldn't go out like that anyway no so it wouldn't happen no no I think um, you're right though there is a real sense of individuality here and people are just themselves and no one really cares and that's that's quite freeing really isn't it I definitely feel that's a real positive for me mm. um, sometimes I'll leave the house in something and I think oh like something's not been ironed or something. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm in Brighton. Everywhere. No one does that. It's fine. I'll fit in. No one will care. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's really, really lovely. Because you've only just moved down. Yeah, so I, I moved here in November. So 10, 10 months, nearly oh, 11. Yeah, yeah, so nearly a year now, which is, um, it's really cool. It's gone so quickly. It's just, I can't quite believe like where this year has gone, actually. Mm. Probably because I've been so busy with the podcast. and. Yeah. Lots of kind of work going on, but it's it's been a real amazing year, and I'm feeling quite excited now for the autumn and the winter season. And because we when we arrived last year, we we came in like the November time, so winter was then just approaching, but it yeah. was still really beautiful. The, the beach was lovely mm. and beautiful sunshine and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that again. And then last Christmas I had COVID, so I'm hoping oh. this Christmas it's like full on Christmas dinner and lots of wine and partying and. No sitting there feeling sorry for myself watching crap television because <laughs> I'm ill. So, um, yeah, hopefully this will be a bit more of a, no- a normal year. I hope so too. Yeah. So, um, obviously I've done my research before we we met today. And I know that, you know, we sp- you mean, we contacted each other, I think, probably May time, I think, just before the first podcast came out. And I think mm. you went to the Ledwood Centre and you yeah. found some leaflets and got yeah. in touch. And so I've been looking at your website and looking at your Instas and obviously following what you've been doing anyway. But... Um, such a diverse career. So you, um, you're the founder of Urban Jersey by Monoville, which is one of your clothing lines. Um, on a 
unapologetic clothing brand. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. yeah. Well done. Uh, thank you. It, uh, thing is, I wanted to say unapologetic because it's what it looks like, but it's not. It's well, unapologetic. What, yeah. Well, that's that's obviously a, a yeah play on words and attempt on play on words. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously Studio PM, which is your photography business, which mm. you know it, pictures are just amazing. We'll we'll come on to that. But let's start with the clothing brand. So, what was the inspiration behind both of these brands, and how did they get started? So let's start with the gay t-shirt because that that's been running for the longest. Uh huh. So um, the inspiration was I used to be a cabin crew okay. before, and five years ago. Um, I was already preparing my way out of flying. Mm -hmm. And I had just finished my design studies. I, I went back to university while I was flying. Okay. And then I had just finished my degree. And I was like, right, that's well nice, but what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And then, um, so I had a night stop in Boston. And then I went out with this colleague. Um, and then we went to this club and there, I saw lots of guys wearing T-shirts. And I thought, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Um, and then that was it, really. So, um, okay. but then I thought, right, if I don't just want to do t-shirts with, uh, you know, homoerotic stuff, mm -hmm. I, I want to also talk about um, gay shame, overcoming gay mm -hmm. shame. Mm -hmm. And also I really want to, I'm quite psycho about environment and mm -hmm. ethics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought there's no way I'm going to sell regular cotton i only want to sell organic cotton mm -hmm. or uh recycled stuff you know mm -hmm. all these kind of things so um, amazing that's the inspiration and the, i guess the t-shirts as well they're for the the whole queer community it's not just for like kind of you know people that would identify as like gay men it's the you know you kind of make clothing for the lgbt community essentially don't you yeah although is is definitely for for mm -hmm. um lgbtq community and even our allies mm -hmm. however i i feel like my aesthetic and you know uh isn't queer or you know mm -hmm. um so but that's my point of view yeah absolutely. so you know absolutely. i don't really know each and every customer that buys okay so okay. maybe they respond to something and i i, I don't know uh -huh. but my my perception of my own aesthetic is not very queer or you know like okay. this kind of thing okay but is it important to make things, I guess, that you would like to see? I guess it's about having like yourself represented, isn't it? And seeing things that you love reflected back at you through images, whether it be, you know, clothing or films or whatever. So is it important for you to make clothes that you think, OK, I would love to wear that. And that's something that I would I would really appreciate if I went into a shop and I found that that would be a real, you know, thrill for me to be able to buy something like that. Is that kind of a thought yeah. behind it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um because some some days, even in Brighton, I'm mm -hmm. I'm really you know discreet, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't wear you know I wouldn't feel comfortable even in Brighton wearing okay. some of my designs. Okay, okay, unless it's pride or anything like that. Okay, but um, so I like quite you know toned down stuff. Uh huh. So I, I try to go between you know to do like really, yeah, loud stuff, mm -hmm. but also discreet stuff because I I like to think that you know I would like to. Exp to have to wear clothes that reflect mm -hmm. me and my you know sexual orientation identity whatever every, everything mm -hmm. um without having to be you know without having to fear oh my god am i going to be attacked or you know or this yeah. kind of thing yeah but even in Brighton, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess those those things are always on our our minds as such, aren't they? And, yeah. And I think it's it's nice though that you can make things that are loud and will cater to a certain audience, and then things that maybe are more low key that will cater to others. But I think the message yeah. behind it, you know, the fact that it's you know made by by and for the LGBT community, and um, you know, it, it's organic and authentic, and you know, a really ethical product. That's a that's a really lovely thing, isn't it? So that's that's great for people to to be able to to buy into. What about um, Urban Jersey then? What what was the story behind that? And what so kind of stuff do you make? The story behind that was um, I was brought up by a seamstress. Okay. And we never really we never talked about fashion or art or anything like that. However, as soon as I turned maybe eight, I think I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could um, I would like to do um, to be a fashion designer Mm -hmm. and then of course my my brother had some um, star wars Mm -hmm. um action figures Mm -hmm. and then as a good gay boy i I started dressing a princess leia (laughs) (laughs) and then i thought okay right um but at that age all i saw was you know the only fashion i saw was Mm -hmm. the really like haute couture Mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. Uh, with like, expensive you know ball gowns and stuff like that and already then I thought oh no that's n- no I don't want to do that mm-hmm. um, then you know there was the fact that you know my parents weren't that bothered about really paying for, for the for me to become a fashion designer mm-hmm. so I thought right let me find something else anyway and then after my design studies mm-hmm. while I was in Mexico City mm-hmm. um I went to the design museum there and then they had an exhibition on um, um, the evolution of the football kit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the, the, the Mexican team yeah. throughout their participation to yeah. the World Cups. Then, uh, and um, they had a whole room filled with every single kit wow. they wore. And I thought, wow, oh my God, I would really love to have something like that without the labels, without mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really something inspired by sportswear but mm-hmm. I could, that I could wear, you know, in town, really. Mm-hmm. And not, not to train, really to sort of go to work or, um, well, it, that's called athleisure, actually. Mm-hmm. So, again, I decided to make something, you know, athleisure but made in organic cotton, made in London, blah, blah, blah. So that's Amazing. the idea. And I guess it's, it's as you say, it's, it's nice to make things that are, they speak to you in terms of they're comfortable, they're they look good, but actually they don't need to have loads of labels on them. But they're just they're good quality pieces of clothing. Yeah. But I think comfort is important, isn't it? It's like we all sometimes put clothes on and feel naturally uncomfortable. But actually, if you can you can go out and look smart and wear something of like kind of sports yeah. type wear. And I've kind of seen that actually a lot in celebrity culture over the last few years. That a lot of people now are wearing more like kind of. Um, kind of sportswear or you know um suits that are made by companies like feeler for example yeah. and then with heels and it, it looks wicked it's so so nice to see it's just mm. very looks very comfortable but also very smart at the same time yeah. so that, mm. that's really really lovely yeah and on a personal level when i was growing up i was always told um not to go out wearing sportswear mm-hmm. not to be you know to avoid being stopped by the police and ask for an okay. id all these kind of things okay so it's really nice to actually um get to design the clothes I wish I could wear when I was younger mm-hmm. and um, to do the, to do the clothes that really reflect my values and you know, yeah. aesthetic. And like reclaiming like that, that yeah. side of yourself that you wanted yeah. to or naturally. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I, I did read that on, on when I was doing my research about the, the background and that was a factor for you. I mean, that must have been incredibly difficult at that time when you were 
younger and you felt like you wanted just to be authentically you and dress how you wanted to, but then there's that fear lurking behind that. Well, no, actually, there was no fear because okay. uh, that's all I knew, right. really. So it's maybe in, now I would feel differently, but mm-hmm. then I didn't. I didn't really question it. I just okay. Well, you know what? Let me just stay out of trouble. You know, mm-hmm. just do what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it didn't really feel. Did, hard. I, I mean, did it? I mean, you know, and again, I don't want to go too personal mm. here. And please, please, if you don't feel comfortable, we don't have to talk about it. But does that not do something to you, though, as a as a person? Because I guess if you're told that actually, you know, because of your race, avoid doing something to get stopped or get in mm. trouble. I mean, that's that's a terrible thing to have to face, I think, for, for anyone. Yeah. Um. So what what does that do to you as a teenager? How does that kind of make you feel and how you kind of see the world that must be incredibly challenging um at the time it wasn't mm-hmm. really i think now now that i'm older and i'm um yeah i think now that i'm older i think my god you know i i just wouldn't say something to mm-hmm. a young a young man yeah. like that yeah. really but that's the way i was brought up yeah. And that's the other, you know, to go back to anapologetic, the idea behind also anapologetic is I was brought up around people, some of my family, not everybody, but some of my family were really ashamed of being black. Right, okay. So they wasted a lot of energy trying to prove themselves that mm-hmm. they could be, you know, that they were as good or better than white people. Mm-hmm. And when I came out, I recognized, you know, I I saw also some that there was like a hierarchy mm-hmm. of you know uh, with effeminate men really usually being looked down on mm-hmm. really and mm-hmm. uh, now you know, there's a lot of bottom shaming around you know so to me is the is the exact same energy Absolutely. of you know uh, where you have that idea ingrained in you that you're not good enough mm-hmm. and you have to do something to pass. To sort, to sort of, you know, mm-hmm. um, make yourself look better. Mm-hmm. Is it a sense of reclaiming those parts of yourself as well? Do you think when you make the art, is it kind of like actually, you know, putting that stuff aside and saying, actually, no, I'm now going to live authentically and actually as I want to, rather than having those, I guess, those experiences shape and mold your complete future. Yeah, yeah, there is that aspect, and also yeah. the idea of well. There's no hierarchy. We all, you know, mm-hmm. um, I like this saying, um, there are no spare parts in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are men, you know, we are the way we are. That's mm-hmm. it. I, and, and this is something we will come on to in a bit more detail, actually, uh, a bit later in the podcast, because we talk about allyship, as you probably know. And, and I definitely want to talk about what we've just talked about there in a bit more, in a bit more detail, because I think it's a really interesting topic. And, you know, in terms of hierarchy and that kind of thing, it's just it's ridiculous and it, it shouldn't be the case. And, you know, we've got to, I think for me, and we will come onto this in a bit more detail, but it's not just about having allies outside of our, outside of our community. We have to be really strong allies to each other and there should be no shame. And to ourselves. Know, and to ourselves. We've had mm. so much shame put on our community and different communities for such a long time. Yeah. It's so important that we have yeah. each other's backs and that we're there to support each other. So we'll come onto that in a bit more detail, but I want to talk about Studio PM as well because um, I've been looking on your website and seeing your pictures. I mean, your your pictures are stunning. They are so, so lovely. Thank you. And for anyone that hasn't seen them, I guess, you know, you've got fitness pictures, you've got really arty pictures, there's erotic pictures, 
very sexy pictures as well. It's it's amazing. It's so so lovely. Um, how did you get into that? And what was you know because obviously you started the fashion and your clothing and things. But is that a natural progression from kind of clothing into like modeling and for, to see how people look in clothes? And was that kind of a natural progression for you to to do that, or was it something you you always had in your mind? Um, so after I dropped the idea of becoming a fashion designer mm-hmm. around around maybe ten or twelve. I also, the other motivation for not becoming a fashion designer was that I realized I couldn't draw. Right. So I thought, well, you know what, that's that's the end of it. Then I think when I was 12, I found my dad's books on photography Mm -hmm. and on how to process film and print Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I was mesmerized, really. Um, But I never thought that I would do it. I I just kept reading it. Um, And then... um, it was at the beginning of, maybe you remember that, you know, the uh, the era of the top models. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that, uh, you must remember that, the, the video of George Michael, um, Freedom. Yeah, with Naomi Campbell. Yeah, and, and I, yeah. oh my God, oh yeah. my God, they're amazing, they're amazing. Yeah. And then they were everywhere. Yeah. So I used to buy those magazines mm-hmm. and look at the, and really marvel at the, the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, then, but once again, you know, I never, I thought, oh no, that, that's too good, you know, I can't do that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, until I moved back to, to, to Paris and then I walked into a bookshop and then I bumped into um, The Black Book by Robert Mapplethorpe. Okay, I've not heard of that. So um, at the time I was 14 and um, it's a book of male nudes okay. with only black models, okay. hence the name The Black Book. Okay. Um, and I had never been so shocked or turned on at the same time. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I need to be a photographer. If I, if I can create that reaction yeah. to one person, my yeah. life will be complete. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously you love it. I mean, the pictures are incredible and that they are all so different. I mean, you, you, as I said, you've got the fitness pictures and you've got, um, pictures with you know underwear models and then you've also got the nudes as well what is your i mean do you have a favorite or do you enjoy kind of doing all of them is it kind of is it just a a lovely passion for you to take pictures mm. um yeah you know i like i like maybe making f- people feel good about themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because as a as a favor um for a friend um i took photos of a girl <gasps> and the photos look amazing you know when I saw the photos oh my god I shot that Mm -hmm. it's a very nice feeling Mm -hmm. because I always I I, I never feel good enough Mm -hmm. so for me to actually genuinely think oh that's a really good you know if Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that I shot that Mm -hmm. I would I would really be Mm -hmm. impressed Mm -hmm. so um, and I think the common thread between all of that is that these these people feel good about themselves yeah and um and yeah they feel confident or they trust me yeah. to sort of you know show me that or mm-hmm. let me capture that little mm-hmm. sexy as well it, it doesn't have to be naked or anything like that is it really because you know not all of them are naked no um but i think my my job i think what yeah what i like is to really create that bond with yeah. the model trust where yeah, yeah where they know that they're not going to be assaulted <laughs> they know mm. that they can be themselves it's a safe and, space for them yeah 
And if they don't like the picture, then I will not use it, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's art, isn't it? It's photography is, you know, I think what I think about photography is that you have the ability to, so many people will take something from a picture. So if you've got one picture and you've got 10 people in a line, every person will probably say mm. something quite different about that picture because it's yeah. about your eye and what you see. So it's, I think it's really quite a skill to capture the essence of a picture and the beauty of it and then get someone else to love that as well that's that's a real art form isn't it and yeah. i guess you know the fact that you have to make people feel comfortable and really connected with you when you're doing it um you know that shows that happens because you've then got the results you've got the pictures and you've got people publishing them and and obviously you do a lot of work for um uh, the den lounge um yeah. wear as well which you yeah. know they're, they're great pictures um so what in terms of obviously making people feel comfortable and we've, we've talked about that and you said that you know you that's a really really important thing for you um what about representing images for the queer community or or just um generally people looking at things and are looking at an image and having something reflected back to them is it important for you to to make art of that kind um I and mean, obviously we've talked about the fact that there's the underwear shots, the fitness shots, you know, they speak to so many different people. And then obviously you've got the nudes. And I can only imagine that those, for the people that are doing them, doing them, it must feel incredibly, I don't know, liberating to pose naked and then to look at the pictures afterwards and say, my goodness, that's, that's me. So does that liberation kind of extend to you as well? Does it kind of help you liberate yourself by liberating others with the art, if that makes sense? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> It's a bit of a jumbled question. I'm sorry, I got there in the end. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's liberating because mm. um, because I feel that you know, we are conditioned to once again mm -hmm. with that hierarchy of male nude is is gay mm -hmm. and is you know if you enjoy if you enjoy looking at male nude is only because you're gay mm -hmm. and is and uh, um, it can't be as good quality as a female nude. Mm -hmm. So that's in, yeah, that, that sort of liberation that mm -hmm. I thought, you know, every time I think, right, I'm standing up for myself as an mm -hmm. artist and mm -hmm. just say, well, that's what I want to do. So yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, it's a really interesting point, a point that you make, actually, because, you know, it's not about needing to be turned on by a picture or looking at something and thinking, I'm wrong for thinking this is sexy or it's arty or whatever. I look at pictures of female models in underwear or you've, you know, there's been naked shoots before with celebrities. You can appreciate the beauty in someone, in yeah. how the, the picture is taken, how they look, how they're standing, how they're presenting themselves yeah. at that particular time. So it's really interesting you make that point that, you know, if someone was to look at a male nude, they would automatically think, well, I can't, I can't like that because yeah. I'm, I'm not gay, for example. But exactly. it's not about that. It's about looking at something and appreciating the art form and the body. And yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really, really interesting point. Um, I wonder how many uh, guys that aren't in the community do that, you know, and do actively go out and, you know, enjoy images of that nature and um, but don't allow themselves to really really enjoy them you know it's almost like another form of shame isn't it and things yeah. that we all put on ourselves you well know? that's the way boy well i don't know about all boys but that's definitely the way i was brought up mm -hmm. and that the way you know all the boys at school mm -hmm. that's what you know they all but even i think a lot of men still mm -hmm. in my in my experience they always have to prove that they're not gay mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's really funny actually as well because i think it extends to like pornography as well because and it's not something we've talked about on this podcast, but I, I wonder whether how many people, you know, look at porn, but actually in secret, they're not honest about it. They don't talk about it. I mean, we're now living in an age and, you know, a culture where we have, you know, Twitter is basically the world's biggest porn site. You've got OnlyFans, mm. you've got all these people out there doing their thing, presenting themselves in whatever way that they want to now to make money. It's become a real kind of enterprise. But I wonder if that's more of a generational thing for the younger generations coming up, I wonder if there's still a demographic that looks at that kind of thing and says, well, I can enjoy it, but only behind closed doors and I can't tell anyone about it, you know? Um, whereas, mm. and maybe that's, maybe that's a culture thing, you know, that it, especially in this country, maybe that's something we don't talk about enough or a sense of shame around, you know, liking that kind of thing, but actually there's no shame about it. If you like it and it's decent and it's consensual, there's, there's no issue, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, it's an okay thing to do. But I, I do wonder whether that's almost like an ingrained way of being for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I, I don't know if that's what you were saying, but in my opinion, there's so much more to sex than just the fornication. Mm -hmm. So much is in the, in, in the mind, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. That um, it can really be... Um, I mean, I, 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 I was addicted to porn, right? Actually, so okay. uh, actually, and yesterday was my 500th day without 
which wow. you've got. Oh, amazing. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And that that's a common thing as well. I've heard oh, that yeah. a lot from people that it's yeah. it's an, an addictive thing. It's kind of that that high, that adrenaline of what you get from yeah. it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How, how are you finding without it? Are you kind of, I don't know, are you are you finding that life is better or is it is it simpler? Yeah. Um, I don't know about simpler, but it's definitely better because uh, I feel like I can be myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess it's, it's interesting, isn't it? We, I mean, we've and this is not, I didn't plan for this conversation. So this is going down to a, a completely <laughs> different road, but uh, you feel comfortable talking about it because I think it's it's a really interesting dynamic because I think intimacy is such a a vulnerable thing, and yeah. porn, for example, you know, or and I guess there's a real difference between your pictures and pornography. You know, I mean, yes, some of your pictures are erotic, but it's, that's not you know mainstream porn, for example. But what I think is really interesting is that intimacy is a real is a real vulnerability, isn't there, to that? To be, in, yeah. to be truly oh, yeah. intimate yeah, with someone. Yeah, to be seen. Yeah, exactly. By one person. Yeah, mm. and to let down your guard. Whereas when we are living in an age where we have things like Grindr and OnlyFans and Twitter and, you know, accessible porn on the internet all the time, you don't need to be vulnerable and then you can switch it off and then move on. And it's the same even if you hook up with someone on Grindr or a dating app, you have the moment of whatever it is, mm. you put your clothes on and you walk away. That's not intimacy. No. Um, but it's all very addictive because what what you're probably searching for, or anyone in that situation is searching for, is something. It's like it's like a connection, yeah. isn't it? A vulnerability, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But it's hard to get that from from those things. I oh, guess. Yes. Well, it, yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's very. Not, we've not talked about this on the podcast yet, but and it's definitely one a topic that I did want to bring up on a future episode. So thank you for 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 raising that because it's good to. Good to chat about it, and I'm sure the people that are listening will, will understand exactly what we're saying as well. So on the podcast, we always talk about um, allyship, and we mentioned this uh, in a bit more um, detail earlier. Um, and I guess for me, I'm I'm always really keen to understand, you know, how we can be better allies to each other as well as having allies for our community. But one thing that you mentioned earlier was around, you know, uh, being a person of colour and the hierarchies that we have in our communities and stuff. And and I think there definitely is a, a a real interesting topic here that, you know, we're only now really scratching the surface about what it's like to be a minority in a minority group. Because actually, you have to accept we all ha- we all have privilege, don't we, in different forms. Mm. And, you know, I have I'm a, a queer person, but I have white privilege you know i don't know what it's like to be a person of color in a queer community i have male privilege yeah exactly and it's different things that we we all kind of have but i think we we really do have to keep that conversation going because it feels like and again what you said about the hierarchy it feels like there's still a sense of inequality within our own community in different forms and i'm really interested to talk about that and understand how we can keep that conversation going and change that narrative and it's going to take time it's the same Mm. with our trans siblings you know we've got to really be allies to our trans community there's so much going on there's so much hate being put towards the trans community at the moment and it's terrible so we've got to be allies and stick up for them and talk talk openly and challenge the status quo but how do we do that around you know um people of color in the community and how do we you know remove privilege and kind of set an unequal playing field for all i mean do you, do you have a strong opinion on that or is that something that you you know you think we need to keep talking about as a community yeah well i, I think now i mean uh, i'm really impressed by you know the 
everybody talks about pronouns now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. whether you, you know, whatever your opinion, yeah, you're aware of it. Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah, it's great, really. isn't it? So, you know, in terms of um, bringing a subject to the forefront, you know, mm-hmm. that, that really, you know, we need to keep that as an example mm-hmm. of how it should be done, mm-hmm. really. Um, but for to go back, you know, to carry on with the pronouns thing, well, um, I really, I like to see myself as a, you know, a feminist man and a lie to trans people, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And I really have no idea what it must be like mm-hmm. to be trans mm-hmm. because as far as labels go, I'm happy with mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I identify mm-hmm. with a black gay man. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my label, yeah. really. But I, have, I'd, I wonder what it's like, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of look one way and feel another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. absolutely. And all the consequences of that. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. So, but on the other hand, I don't need to know, mm-hmm. really. I just need to understand that their experience is val- as valid as mine. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we all have a right to be safe, to be who we are, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know, that's how I see it. Yeah, and I think you said it about not needing to know. I think I think the, the thing that I take from um, so many conversations that I've had since I've been here, and before moving here as well, was that, mm. you know, we we can't speak for other people. And I think it's it's really important to ask questions. And yeah, we always say this as well on the podcast, but if you're respectful and you have good intentions and you're kind, there should be no reason exactly. why we can't have open discussions and yeah. have conversations. Yeah. But equally, it's not, you know, my my job or your job to speak for the trans community. But I think it's important that we, we're there as a voice of representation and allies and, you know, we are we are speaking um with them and supporting and i think it's the same with you know people of color in the in the queer community you know for me the thought of there being a hierarchy or you know anyone being seen less as in any form not just about color but in disability whatever it might be for me that's heartbreaking it's like there should be no hierarchy it's like Mm. we are we are all people you know we are all um coming into this earth and leaving this earth and all these structures that we put in place are are so damaging and of course they come from history and they come from you know people making decisions or rules and laws being implemented which mean that you know things are different and there's shame and all all of that kind of stuff but i think we have the a real ability with these conversations and with the literature that's out there now and available and the sense of community that we have to really Mm. come together and champion each other and i don't know that's that's my hope you know that that keeps happening and we we keep we're stronger together you know we're we're all so much more stronger when we're on each other's sides and i think that's that's really really important mm. what about in terms of um allyship from outside of the community what what do you think someone needs to do to be a, a good ally to our community generally um well you know my some of my best friends are straight white men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really so um what do they the traits I, I i think what i like about those friendships is that um we don't try to deny mm-hmm. that our experiences are different mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's the main thing yeah. really that we openly talk about what it's like to be a black gay man what it's like to be a 
a straight white man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, and I think that's, we come back to that word privilege. And I think people, yeah. people hear that word and shudder. They're like, oh, privilege. It's, it's, oh, I feel too, um, not embarrassed, guilty. but guilty. But it's not about guilt. It's, it's just about recognizing yeah. where you are in the spectrum and actually yeah. what your privilege is. Exactly. And yeah. having that privilege gives you certain, benefits in life you don't have to think about certain things or but you can use it to be you know uh, to help when absolutely. i don't know about help but you you can use it to you know um but i think you can use it to help because you can chat you can be someone that stand you know stands above the parapet and, and mm. champions the conversation yeah. and call something out that isn't isn't right you know it's yeah. so, so powerful when someone does that isn't it yeah i mean for example i i love walking at night especially okay Um, so I put my music on and then I walk and walk and walk. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, when people come in the opposite direction, mm -hmm. I sometimes think, oh, you know, um, I always, you know, there's have this half second where I say, oh, is he safe or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then I think, oh, they're probably scared of me. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're probably scared of, you know, that man, yeah, that black man coming over. But then if there's a woman walking by herself, I always cross. So right. I don't know if I've walked if I've watched too many Law and Order episodes or whatever, but yeah. but it's just that I know what it's like yeah. to fear for your safety. Because mm -hmm. actually, when I lived in Berlin, when I had just moved uh, to Berlin, um, a really good friend of mine used to live like maybe two blocks away, mm -hmm. and then there was a, a punk squat, mm -hmm. and um, the first time I walked past it, I thought. Am I, am I in trouble? Mm -hmm. And then they didn't just wave. They actually moved along the wall to, wow. you know, so that I could walk straight, really. And every single time, every, no matter the time of day, they would wave, smile, you know, to really mm -hmm. make a point that I had nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know what it's like to sort of yeah. um, have that split second of thinking, oh my God, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? And then be reassured mm -hmm. so i really want to sort of um mm -hmm. transmit that experience to other as people. much as i can yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think we, yeah we all we're all hyper alert sometimes aren't we in yeah. terms of lived experiences and how we're perceived or how we've been treated and you know it, yeah i completely agree i've I've walked through town sometimes and I'm, i'm walking up james street to go to the pub or something and there's loads of people around and i'm like head down keep walking because i you know You watch things on the television. You see people engaging with someone. The next moment, someone's getting beaten up, and you—that doesn't exactly. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So I'm like, right, let's carry on walking and just keep myself to myself. And I think you learn you learn ways of living, don't you? And mechanisms to kind of keep safe. I think that's kind of yeah. natural. But I think you know we probably, as a as a community as well, though, because there have been you know animosity or you know you know um, abuse and all that kind of stuff in our mm. community. You almost become super vigilant and you know really yeah. aware of what's going on to protect yourself i think that's that's probably a, a natural thing it's that whole fight and flight type mm, thing isn't it yeah. yeah but also i really want to sort of diffuse the you know mm -hmm. the sort of fear mm -hmm. and say you know what you've got nothing to fear actually i'm going to cross so that mm -hmm. so you know that you're fine mm -hmm. but are you, are you doing that because you're a black man or are you doing that because actually you're no, because i'm a man because you're a man okay yeah okay because again that makes me incredibly Sad if it was the first oh, no, first reason. No, that's no, no, that's no. you know, but I think, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. To be honest, though, if I'm if I'm walking along the street and I'm, I don't know, someone's in front of me, 
I will probably overtake them. Yeah. Because I don't want someone to think I'm lingering behind. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe we're all programmed just to kind of, you know, make everyone else feel comfortable we watch and, too and much protect TV. ourselves. Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. It's kind of, it's, yeah. And I, and I actually hate it when people are, you know, and you're in the supermarket and someone like is behind you. And you literally step like an inch forward and they decide to take four steps forward. And you're yeah. like, can you just give me some space? I know. <laughs> like, I don't need you behind me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much for that conversation. That was so interesting. And um, I'm really, you know, pleased that you came to the podcast today. And just thank you for being so open about everything. I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think a lot of people will get lots from it as well. Um, okay. I do have a quick fire round for you Ooh. as well. Um, so a bit of fun now, a bit of, bit of light stuff. So um, queer icon. Madonna. Madonna. Oh, we've had a few Madonnas. Why yeah. Madonna? Um, I I used to be such a big fan. Did you? When, I mean, I, I still love her, but not in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I haven't yeah. turned on her, but no. uh, just that. Anyway. No, the uh, stuff isn't as good. Uh, look, this is my view. The stuff isn't as good quality as it was back then. I, that's what I think about Madonna. Well, the thing I love about her is that she behaves like a man. Right. Almost. Yeah, yeah. A woman in a, uh, in a man's world yeah. kind of thing, yeah. And, you know, there's only... Nobody had a career like, like hers. Mm -hmm. No one. Mm -hmm. Everybody spits at her, and yet nobody can touch her. Yeah. Really. In She's terms quite ballsy, of, isn't she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I love, really. Um, and, for example, you know, she falls on stage, mm -hmm. then the next opportunity, she she comes up with an even longer cape. Mm -hmm. Or she falls off a <laughs> she falls off a horse. She gets back on the horse yeah. on TV. You yeah. know, all the you know yeah. that's that kind of mindset that I find unbelievable. Yeah, I had no idea as well actually until last season when I spoke to someone that um, when she released the Like a Prayer album, she actually put information in the yeah yeah, albums yeah, yeah. about how yeah. people get support with yeah. AIDS and HIV. Yeah. And again, that was trailblazing at the time. You know, it's yeah. really great to think that you know. She was doing that, you know. I had, I had no idea until mm. until early early on in the year when I had that. No, that's really good. What's your queer anthem? Uh, it's actually not queer, but the way I listen to it is mm -hmm. is, is a song by Tina Turner. Um, Till the right man comes along. Oh yeah, yeah, that's on the uh, Break of Rule <laughs> album. Rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a big Tina Turner fan. Mm. I love Tina. Yeah, that's a really too. good track. Yeah, um, I love. Um, Back where you started on that album. Yeah. That's a oh, real yeah. rocky one. Yeah. I like Girls as well. Oh, that's, yeah. that's lovely. That, that was written by David Bowie. Yeah. Well, I think so much of that album was produced by him yeah. as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a really, uh, The Right Man Comes Along. That's a really good one. Yeah. there's. A, I think it's on YouTube, actually. Because um, she did, I think she did a concert in Paris for the break of Rule. And it, it came out on VHS. It was in like yeah. a really small venue. It's actually recorded in Camden. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it was marketed as... In Paris, you know, yeah, yeah, it was shot in Paris. You know, like it, it was yeah, supposed yeah. to take place in Paris, but it was actually filmed in Camden. Oh, wow! And th there's my favorite song of hers, uh, "A Change Is Gonna Come." Oh, yeah, with um, Sam, like, Sam Sam Cook. Well, um, not Sam he, Cook. He was the original singer, uh, Robert, Robert Craig. Robert, yeah, yeah, he was on it. Yeah, oh, and they beautiful. sing together. That's, oh, God, that's a lovely. Oh, oh my God, God. I got goosebumps. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's amazing. I love that. I love that you love Tina. Yeah, that's that's a really good track. There's so many songs that she's done mm, that I love. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, the last book that you read? The Alchemist. Oh, okay. Yeah, my husband likes The Alchemist. Yeah. Good. It's funny because it was the second time I was reading it, but then the first time I read it was like 20 years ago. Is it, is it the 
Catherine McC- is it Catherine McCain? No, Paolo Coelho. Paolo Coelho. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different book. Mm. Okay, but I have read that one too. That's a really good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paolo Coelho. Yeah, that's a great one. Mm. No, he's actually got another book about about alchemy. That's the one I thought you were talking about. But um, no, that um, that book is lovely. I've read that one. That's really nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I love his stuff. Actually, he's brilliant. Um, your favorite photographer? Mm. Um, Fan Ho. Okay. He's, uh, I've only just discovered him. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say Maplethorpe, but um, I think Fan Ho is more like um, what I love about his work is that he's so dramatic and mm-hmm. really graphic mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know contrast and composition, like really clean stuff. It's amazing. Really. Do you have loads of photography books at home? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. Whenever I go into like Waterstones and I see the the section of like all I don't know, beautiful houses or models and things, I'm always tempted to buy them, but they're always so expensive. I know, I know. So, but they're yeah, beautiful pictures. Though. Yeah, there used to be. Well, that was before your, your time. But in the lanes, there used to be a shop where they they um they would sell oh, wow. uh, they would sell discounted oh, art amazing. books. So oh. I bought so many books there. Really, yeah. and it's closed now. Now. I'm sure there's stuff you can get online as well. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not the same to actually mm. go in the shop. And w- what I loved was I never knew what to expect, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. And I did buy the Big Penis book last year. Oh, yeah. So? Yeah. Uh, any, any any good? <laughs> it's eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a look. You can get that on Amazon, everyone. <laughs> just get, I always want to, I, I'm always tempted, like, when someone comes around for dinner, just to pop it on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> the the kinda, thing is, you know... Because I'm I'm a porn addict, so I I try to stay away. You know, there's a yeah, fine yeah. line between yeah. you know male nudes and yeah, yeah. the big penis book. So yeah, I think yeah. I might stay away from stay that. away from that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, they are all like kind of they are like posed pictures, I guess. Um yeah. but some some of them are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a copy. If you ever want to have a look, let me know. All right. <laughs> um, your favorite decade and why? Uh, oh, it's this decade. Actually. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why'd that be? Because I really feel like I'm in the process of. Um, I was gonna say blossoming, but that that's a <laughs> bit. Um, it sounds pretentious, but no. I really feel like I'm, you know, with the recovery from porn addiction, or you know, the work I'm doing on myself. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I really, um, I feel like there's um, posi- uh, a change is going to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a, a change is is happening. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think it's, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think when you, when you do get older, there are certain things that maybe would have bothered you in the past that you learn to kind of, you know, I'm going to sneeze. I'm not going to sneeze. <laughs> I'm not going to sneeze. Um, there's certain things that you kind of let go and you just think, well, I don't worry about that anymore. Or you almost become a bit more self-assured or a bit more kind of, you know, comfortable with yourself in your mm. own skin. I think that's maybe a natural progression in life. Um, yeah, well, I am. A, I feel a bit more comfortable in my own skin, but but it's also because I've been doing a lot of work on myself. Okay. Really, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that's the consequences that yeah. yeah that's the result of Absolutely. that work. that's amazing that's so good your favorite album of all time what's going on by marvin, marvin gay okay mm. cool cool yeah very good one um your ultimate holiday destination 
I'm not a big holiday person. No. Actually. Um, like oh, I do. Um, Are you like more of a kind of like exploring holiday rather than like yeah. a beach holiday? Oh God, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd go to I'd go back to New York. It's my my favorite oh, place. Nice, actually. Yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a it's an amazing place, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to go at Christmas time when it's snowing and there's oh, the yeah. ice skating. Yeah, you stuff. know, because I was crew as I said before, so mm. I went. You know, I, I I would request to go to New York, and so I went. You know, um, I stopped counting how many times I went. Wow, and you know. It's funny because people would ask me for directions. Wow. And I would be able to tell them. Yeah, that's lovely. That's so nice. This, yeah. well, I went in 2016 and I, I don't think I even scratched the surface. It just We just didn't do as much as mm. I'd have liked to. So I definitely would like to go back there. Um, yeah. There's a real energy there, isn't there? It's, yeah. You know, it's, to me, well, to me, it's the capital of the West, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even go to Central Park. I know, there was so much I didn't do. It's crazy. Absolutely How long crazy. did you stay? Five nights. All oh, right. I probably okay. should have done a lot more than we did. Yeah. I remember eating a lot <laughs> and drinking a lot as well. I had lots of Long Island iced teas. They were very oh, nice yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. dangerous. And so dangerous. Yeah. When they serve drinks, they don't joke. You know, no. they they're not tight like here. You know, when they measure and everything. Yeah, yeah. They just pour it. Yeah, you know, it's really funny actually because I remember walking uh, walking past the um, Hard Rock Cafe and there was a guy with long hair in white pants playing the guitar and just singing. That was all he was wearing. And I remember thinking at the time. Wow, it's really really diverse here. Now I live in Brighton. If I went there and saw that again, I'd be like, "All oh, right, someone's just playing the guitar in their pants." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, the best and worst quality in someone else. Um, let's try with the worst. The worst one is self-absorption. Mm-hmm. Um, the best, compassion. Compassion. Yeah, mm. compassion and empathy and just. Nice people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And one word to sum up 2022 so far. We can have two or three words. Growth. 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 Mm. Okay, cool. That's lovely. Oh, that's that's really nice, isn't it, to to be in that situation where you feel like that. That's that's a great thing. Amazing. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. It's thank been an you. absolute pleasure to talk thank to you, you today. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. And I can't wait for people to hear this conversation. So thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible conversation today. It was honest, vulnerable, and I'm so, so pleased that Pierre trusted me to have that conversation today and um, share his story with me. I really do appreciate it. You can follow Pierre on Instagram and you can check out all of his different projects. Studio PM is the Instagram for his photography business. Unapologetic clothing brand also has an Instagram page and you can also check out the Urban Jersey by Monoville page too. I'm so pleased that we had the conversation today and I want to say thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and that you got something from it too. Until next time, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Actually. You can also check out my website, flueyactually.com.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.